1: Joining us on the show now, the driver of the number 81 sport modified throughout the area, but he's also one of the men behind the Dirt Outlaws, which is a uh, group of cars from around Nebraska and Iowa, uh, just purely enjoying racing and having a good time. But you guys are also raising a little bit of money. That was a bit of a long introduction. James Hopkins joining us on the show. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Doing great. Um, How long has Dirt Outlaws been around?
2: Um, It's something that
1: I don't know, four or five of us put together
2: towards the end of last year and then started to get some shirts and ended up getting a few more guys and put together some contingency prizes. And I don't know, just a bunch of guys that can hang out and have fun and no drama kind of group.
0: Isn't
1: that what racing is supposed to be? A group of guys hanging out, having fun, no drama? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: It's, it... We all kind of have a
2: gentleman's agreement that if we need to rub doors, it, it's it's nothing personal. It's racing, but uh, we're all adults, too.
1: Any drivers I'm missing here uh, that are a part of the Dirt Outlaws? Matt Andrews, Sean Harker, Chad Anderson, Shane Stutzman, Shane Hyatt, Matt McAtee, and Brandon Weirgin.
2: And Hunter Wergen, Josh Sink, myself. Uh, yeah, I that's Sometimes that's that's I have trouble remembering all of them. I think there's 11 <laughs>
1: Talk a little bit about what you guys have going on. I know we had you on uh, during the World of Wheels car show, uh, which seemed like five or six years ago at this point. But <laughs> yes. talk about what you guys got going on.
2: Um, well, the the Dirt Outlaws we have a we partnered with uh, Matt Andrews parents, um, and they put in they're putting up twenty dollars for every Dirt Outlaws feature win, and I think right now we're sitting at uh, forty one wins. Mm-hmm. I haven't uh, added that up, but I think it's, what is that, $7, dollars
1: 800, See, I See, you don't even need to add it up, just ask Dirk. <laughs> He's literally um, the human calculator.
2: So we're getting all, uh, Sky Todd Towers is going to front that money, and uh, all of us drivers in the Dirt Owls are getting together uh, the week before the Corn Oscar and kind of just going to have a get-together and hang out and select a charity or – some place to donate that money to um just to kind of help out and have some other
0: things to help out with the community. And then I think, uh, uh, I think you ought to invite some media to that gathering, you know, for a little <laughs> exposure. Well you
2: you heard the list the the list of drivers that are going to be there. So I'm not sure that there you want any media there. <laughs>
1: I don't know if you've paid attention. That's kind of what our show's built on—not <laughs> necessarily the media, but just catching those candid moments.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast, man. You can say what you want. That's true. Yeah.
1: Well, we found that out this weekend for the Race Saver Nationals that I I, I kind of yeah. let some things slip that I shouldn't have.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. We also have some um, RK Customs put up some extra prizes for our for our drivers too. The winners getting a custom painted helmet from. Uh, helmet head, helmet head design, and some speedway cool. gift gift certificates and stuff like that.
1: Now you guys are also doing. Speaking of helmet head design, uh, who's a um, uh, fantastic helmet designer uh, in oh, the yeah. area? Not just racing, but he does some amazing uh, hockey helmets. But uh, you guys have a uh, really cool. uh Do we have to call it a waffle? Waffle uh, on the show. I,
2: we can call it a raffle on the okay. show okay uh, apparently you just have to label it that when it's on
0: facebook i guess
1: yeah. you can't call it a raffle because then they'll shut it down so you got to call it a w- waffle, waffle. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Which... almost like a waffle but it's a right. waffle
1: right and now i'm hungry thank you let's talk about <laughs> waffles
0: well i'll no, uh, say whiskey because then you'll be thirsty basically the
2: whole the whole concept (laughs) started with uh some good friends of mine and guys that helped me out quite a bit is the jones family gary and ryan um they've always kind of wanted to do a breast cancer like full out breast cancer car for the pink out night at the corn classic um they they sold the car that they owned last year and been helping me so i just got together with them and Said, you know, you guys are helping me. Let's let's put something together so you guys can make that co- come through. So uh, with the edge, with the uh, the help of Mark Lighting at the Load Shop and Josh Most at Edge Chassis, um, we're putting together a special special wrap that will only be ran that one night, Saturday of the Cornhusker. Oh wow! Has a bu- has a bunch of people's names in it uh, that are survivors or victims or people that are fighting now. of as a tribute to those and uh when that race is completed then we'll auction the a whole side of both sides of the car off so you'll be bidding on a a door quarter and sale wow
1: that's 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 really that's really cool Dirk. i don't know if you can get to the dirt outlaws facebook page but one of the posts has the uh it's a giant ribbon with that's kind of turned sideways so the top of the ribbon is at the front of the car And in the uh, large enough areas, it has uh, some of the names that that James was talking about.
0: Yeah, I've I've seen it on their site. I I go over there about once a week and check out, you know, who's won for them and stuff like that. And then uh,
2: on top of that, um, uh, John Sperano with Helmet Head Design um, donated a paint job. So we have a custom painted helmet um, that has all the dirt outlaw driver's signatures in the top of it. And we're gonna match that with, with some tickets to that Saturday show. So I will wear the helmet and drive that, that car that night. And then when the races are over, whoever won the raffle on the helmet, which we're doing um, 300 slots at $5 a slot or five slots for $20. Um, whoever, oh, we're gonna try to sell out the slots early. And when the, when the slots are all filled, then we'll pick a winner. Whoever wins gets two free tickets to that night's show, and after the races, they can come down and claim the helmet.
1: And this is, uh, again, the, the show you're talking about is the Cornhusker Classic at I-80 Speedway, which is typically a, uh, I don't want to call it a breast cancer awareness race, because they, they want to just be a general cancer awareness race, but it is kind of a pink out event, uh, which is synonymous with the breast cancer awareness. Correct. James Hopkins driving the number 81, a sport modified joining us. How can people raffle on that uh, or bid or, or buy raffle tickets on that helmet from Helmet Head Design?
2: Um, the helmet itself, you can uh, contact me either through the Dirt Outlaws page or through my, my page, the Hopkins Racing, um, or my personal page. Um, we've been doing cash check, Venmo, whatever. Um, I think we got about 150 slots filled now. Okay. um out of the 300 and i was sunday night when we raced at i80 i was talking to uh, sean harker and he wanted to let everybody know that if we fill all 300 if we sell all 300 of the slots he's gonna chip in another 240 on top of that helmet donation that'll
1: work complete side note I, i'm just absolutely digging that there is a cricket in your background like it's just got such a, I, I'm not make fun of it all. I'm not teasing. I'm not, literally, I'm actually not, but it's just so nice that we're finally in that weather. You can sit outside, hopefully enjoy a beer uh, and, yeah. and chat with the guys on the front stretch.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, I haven't had any beers yet. Uh, we're busy doing some changeover and doing some things to the car to get it ready to run the Abe a- Lincoln okay. special in Columbus. <laughs>
1: I'm literally trying to figure out while we're talking how to. There we go. I finally figured out how to send you money. I'm going to send you 20 bucks and get a couple of slots. Okay.
2: Well, you you get five, and I'm, I I could send you yeah. pictures if you want of what's left, or we do randoms, whatever.
1: Just do randoms. I'm not that. It's I'm I'm not going to win.
2: <laughs> and uh, we're still selling the names for the slot. We're gonna we're gonna wrap the car in, uh, in between Dave Lincoln and the Cornhusker. So anybody wants to add some more names or buy some t-shirts, I have some stock left of, uh, of the t-shirts. We have the black and the pink, some limited sizes, but we can take those orders all the way up until okay. the race, I guess. It just I won't be able to have them printed by then. How much for the name on the car? Um, if you're just doing a name, it's $5. If you, or you can do um, two shirts and a name for $20. Or just a shirt is twelve. Okay. And virtually all of that money is also being donated, um, except for minus the shirt cost. We're not looking to. We're not making any money off this. Not twelve bucks a shirt, you're not. No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I gotta imagine those shirts are probably four or five bucks a piece. So, yeah, about seven bucks going to the uh, going to the charity.
2: Correct good deal um with every with everything right now um if the helmet sells out all 300 slots and with the way, way t-shirts sales are and if we get 2-300 dollars aside for the for the car after the race um we're probably looking at donating between 200 or about 2000 to 2500 bucks
1: that's awesome yep good deal on that all right let's recap what we've talked about so far with James uh, he is a part of the Dirt Outlaws uh, group of racers that is racing to raise money for a yet to be named charity. Uh, we are waiting for our invitation to that meeting so that we can document how the charity was decided and the total number of uh, beers that that disappeared during that during that meeting. Uh, <laughs> then uh, James is racing a very special. Um, breast cancer awareness or uh do you just want to call it a cancer awareness i mean it is pink uh it's uh, it's based primarily on uh
2: breast cancer awareness the money for that is all being donated to the breast cancer research foundation okay um when i spoke with joe in order for him to stand behind it and and be a, a supporter of it he made me do my due diligence on where the money was going to go so
1: yeah, that's one thing that it you know I I have noticed i eighty Speedway is very 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 good about when somebody comes forward and wants to donate money to a charity they make them go through the the normal process. It it would be nice just to be like here's the money let's just call it good, but nope they they have a very checks and balances system that verifies that this is what's going on.
2: Yeah, uh, Joe Joe taught me a few things because it was a very simple idea when I when we first like conceived it and. I didn't really realize how much, I guess, unwritten stuff is out there that you got to know about.
1: Mm-hmm. And he would be the one to, to be able to navigate that. Yeah, he's, he's definitely helped me out with a lot of that stuff. Uh, so, again, every time that one of the Dirt Outlaw drivers wins, Skytop Towers donates uh, 20 bucks. Yep. 20 bucks. So far, Matt Andrews has eight wins. Sean Harker is leading the way with 13 wins. He also picked up the IED Speedway track championship and the Eagle raceway track championship. Chad Anderson has four wins near narrowly missed that Eagle raceway track championship. Uh, Shane Stutzman, nine wins, picked up the IED speedway track championship. Shane Hyatt, three wins, Matt McAtee, three wins and Brandon Weirgan one win total win count as of September 6th, uh, just a couple days ago was 41 wins. So, um, a lot of wins there for those drivers and a lot of good money going towards charity. Yeah. Uh, it's been a, it's been a fun group so far. So they're also raffling off. There's really cool helmet from helmet head designs that I, I guess that's kind of redundant. I mean, really cool helmet from helmet head designs. It's kind of self-explanatory with those guys. They're, they're going to do some amazing work, but uh, they have 300 raffle spots available. Uh i think james said there was about 150 filled up so now 155 now that i've sent over my 20 bucks get your 20 bucks over to james uh can any one of the drivers take the money and and organize the raffle or would you is it going through a few
2: um any any of them can uh i i'm the one that has the sheet that's been logging everybody's names as to who has what numbers so uh
1: just message james uh 20 bucks through through facebook messenger through paypal through venmo uh in the in the pits whatever what what races are you going to be at this weekend
2: i'm not racing this weekend um i will be at the a Lincoln memorial both nights next week
1: okay uh you're not racing at boone no no (laughs) i always Um, love that that's kind of a grenade of a question (laughs)
0: yeah
1: especially Uh, when he's talking to us tonight (laughs)
0: yeah
1: (laughs) you never know i mean he is outside
2: i would well, there's no engine uh, the background but i'd go to boone to to watch and and have the experience but i don't know that i want to take my car there
1: yeah you know, that, that kind of seems to be a consensus for a lot of people uh all right so james will be at the abe lincoln memorial at us 30 speedway next weekend you could track him down and get one of those or like i said just message him you can also venmo him do you mind me sending out your venmo
2: oh uh, no go ahead uh
1: well i don't know it uh,
2: I guess um, I asked it, that at, question. It, 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 it's at James Hopkins 81.
1: Easy. Okay. That was a bad way to ask that question, wasn't it, Dirk?
0: i did not expecting anything different from you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is there anything we got left to cover? I, there's a lot that's going on with the Dirt Outlaws and with you. I, I want to make sure we get through everything.
2: Yeah, I just. uh I just want to try to get as much support behind this this whole charity raising uh, raising money thing that we could, and I appreciate you guys taking the time to try to help us spread the word. We're of course only a couple of weeks out here, so that's what we do.
1: We've lost uh, far too many uh, to cancer within the community, and within the last couple of weeks, uh, I think of Dan Jackson that, that passed away very quickly, uh, what two weeks ago, uh, and then we. Uh, who was the racer we lost down in uh, Shelby County, down the Harlan area?
0: Um, dum, 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 dum. I'm drawing a blank.
1: Yeah, I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I cannot remember it because there was another one that gets uh, that they lost uh, down at uh, Adams County Speedway last week but anyways um james uh thanks a lot for the time on the show best of luck getting this done and uh i, I hope i can win that helmet because that would be really really cool uh trophy and i think I'd, we'd probably end up turning that around and, and doing something on the show to help raise more money but
2: yeah uh, i have not purchased any slots for myself yet but uh i kind of want to keep it myself
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah
2: uh, they just uh, they they brought it out to the shop tonight and it's it's pretty it looks even better in person
1: Wow yeah, I'm, I'm, I love the pictures of it on Facebook. The, the back of it, the I-80, the faith, the ribbon in the side of the helmet that says early detection saves lives. It's, I mean, it's just a really, really well done helmet from from Helmet Head Designs. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, unless there's anything else we need to cover, James, uh, we'll let you get to your crickets and beer.
0: All right. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, man.
1: Have a good night. Thanks a lot for your time. Thank you, guys. Straight.
0: You know, it's, it's really amazing how many drivers throughout the course of the season got something going on for one charity or another,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you know, there's all, I mean, at least monthly, there's something going on.
1: Well, the race saver nationals was a pretty good success. Uh, I believe 120 pre-registered sprint cars, race saver throw fives. And uh, there's always a little bit of attrition, you know, guys register early, make sure to get their pit stall. And then stuff happens the last points night or the week leading up to it. And they're not able to make it, but they're pre-registered anyways. Still got 100 cars that actually showed up and raced. Uh, So it was a busy first night of racing. I think there was 13 heat races. And we came out of the J feature. Uh, There's an F, there's a G. So it was a G feature was what we started with on Friday night. Really, really sad to see first heat race that rolled out. And unfortunately for a lot of these guys, that first heat race is, is going to be tough because the track is fresh. It's just prepped. It's slimy. It's greasy. It's, it, it's just not ideal for passing conditions. But what I was really, really heartbroken to see was Troy Sanford destroy his car for the third time this year. Uh, on the first heat race of the first night of the race saver nationals and he was pretty much done
0: yeah but i mean the guys know when they you know when they even buy a race car that could happen on the first lap of the first race of their career yeah you know i, sort of- I always
1: hate seeing that though you know it's it's like that oh, yeah. uh, like the first night of the races uh of a brand new season and all these guys have these beautiful brand new looking cars somebody goes out and grenades an engine you're just <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, new engine. Couple of maybe a couple of nights on it. Maybe uh, you know some testing two nights. Who knows? But just grenades the engine, and you're just thinking, oh boy.
0: You don't know. It might have been a a two year old engine too. You know, their new one wasn't done. We got to use the old engine for two weeks. You know, then the new one will be done. But nope, didn't last. So heat
1: race winners on Friday was twenty three P John Painter Jr. And uh, I, I guess I just for the sake of brevity, we won't go through all the heat race wins. Uh, but uh, it was noteworthy on Friday night. Luke Cranston, who started on the pole of the second heat, heat, ended up setting a new track record for Race Saver 305s 12.337. And I believe he ended up he ended up dethroning uh, Tyler Drukey for that uh that that right to only uh the title for the uh, fastest lap in 305 at eagle raceway so friday night winners again the the format was uh was easy uh when you're a when you're heat you're in the a finish second in your heat you're in the b finish third you're in the c finish fourth you're in the d so on and so forth uh 20 cars started the a and it finished like this picking up the heat race win or the uh, feature win on Friday night and punching their ticket to the pole position was the five X of Jason Martin. No surprise. there. two time, uh, race, saver nationals champion went out last Saturday, the last fi- the final points night at Eagle and won-, won the race. And that dude is just, he knows exactly how to get around Eagle raceway.
0: You know, the whole key with that many races over that many nights. And I did Roger work the track before the stock car a, or before the race saver a,
1: Uh, according to the planned schedule he he worked the track after the sprint c and after the hobby a which was so that they went sprint c track prep sprint b sprint a hobby a track prep heat one two three and four and actually i take that back he did not work the track after that c it was planned but he did not go out no was that saturday night it was Friday night that he planned on going out and working it after the C and after the Hobby Stock A, but ended up not going out there and doing that because the track kind of came together perfectly, and so he he elected not to.
0: But I know he I know he worked the track Sunday night before the A for the final race. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and at that point you're on just a little bit of a guess. You've got a pretty good idea what the track's going to be, but it's still a little bit of a crap.
1: Yeah. So, uh, like I was uh, talking about, Jason Martin picks up the win. Tyler Jerky comes home second. Third place was John Painter Jr., the 23P that I mentioned earlier. Won his heat race early in the night. Uh, fourth was Luke Cranston. Fifth was Ryan Hall. Sixth was uh, Jason Danley. Seventh was Sean Pointer. Eighth was Stu Schneider, And ninth was Mark Pace. And then 10th was Dusty Ballinger. And we only took nine, but I point out Dusty Ballinger because John Painter Jr. ended up getting disqualified uh, during post-race inspection. And this will sound familiar to you, Dirk. Titanium bolts in the U-joint. Yeah,
0: heard that one before.
1: Can't have that. And so he was disqualified. Ended up having to come, uh, uh, trying to requalify on Saturday and Sunday. That put Dusty Ballinger in the ninth starting position. For uh, Sunday's A feature, it is worth noting on Friday's feature that uh, Trevor Grossenbacher was running about sixth, but got into a pretty nasty wreck with Brian King and was not able to finish the race. And that was kind of um, typical of, of Trevor's weekend. He just did not have a good weekend. He had a fast car, but he just didn't have any luck. Saturday night's A feature results Joey Danley gets the win really, really fast car for Joey. He came on the show Saturday night with that joint effort with Roland Race News and talked about how they'd just been struggling, but they finally found something on Saturday night and they were beginning to get confidence back in that car. Uh, Second was John Carney in the 74B. Third was uh, Claude Estes in the 74E. Fourth was Trevor Grossenbacher. Fifth was uh, Tyler Harris. Sixth was kevin ramey seventh was danny wood eighth was dustin stroop and your ninth finisher was the 20 of chad wilson good racing there again saturday night was probably my second favorite night uh leaving that night it was my favorite night of racing because it was really competitive a lot of mixing around a lot of guys that that uh, that were able to move through the field and, and come up through quite a few of the creature features then we get to sunday Sunday was, uh, and again, that's, so this is Sunday's B feature. These are the nine final cars that qualified for Sunday's a feature for the race saver nationals. Clint Benson ended up getting the win. Second was Chase Brewer. Third was Gene Acklin. Fourth was Toby Chapman. Fifth was John Ricketts. Six was Brandon Bosma. Seventh was Zach Blerton. By the way, I talked to Zach after the races. It was, Half the fun just watching Zach come out of the D and he absolutely licked the field. That man found some speed that nobody else had. I want to say it was in his D feature that he ended up winning. He was literally seven tenths faster than second place. Consistently, every single lap just took him to the woodshed. In his C, same thing. He was about a half a second faster when he won that race. Uh, B feature, ended up uh, starting eighth, finished seventh, Uh, just enough to get it done, but still really, really fast car. And and he ended up doing really well in the a, but, uh, anyways, uh, Zach Blurton finished seventh eighth was Nate Weiler. Good to see Nate get into that. That was a big race for him to qualify for. And then your final qualifier was the 38 of, of Kyle Rasmussen. That brought us up to our A feature, the three wide start. And, um, Dirk, if you ever get a chance, I would go back and watch on IMCA TV. If you know anybody that's got a subscription, or you can get the race. Um, that was, wow. That was an awesome, a feature. It was just a a back and forth drag down fight with John Carney and Tyler Drukey. And I was talking with uh, Adam Gullion today about it. And, and, um, he said, you know, it, you could just watch the way Tyler was, was driving. He was willing that car to the win. He, he didn't have as good of a car as John Carney did, but he had the experience and, and he was just, just wheel willing that thing. And an amazing race for, for, for the last, uh, 20 laps. And it was only a 35 lap feature.
0: Well, I was able to, you know, since working the pit gate back there, I don't see much, but I saw the move he was making. That ended up being the move for the win. Cause I can see that under the big grandstand that basically turned three and into four that, the crowd went crazy.
1: I know oh, yeah. that. His big move, John was a little bit better in three and four, but Tyler's big move was in one and two. He was talking about it on the show when he when he joined uh, me and James for the, the joint effort there. Going into one, he could hit those ruts or those bumps perfectly and then diamond the corner off, and he got such a huge run down the backstretch that he was in the perfect position to take the lead going into three. But the problem is that John was running the high side and got a really big momentum run off of four, and for a couple of laps, John would be able to get right up there and actually get his nose out in front of him. Again, if you want to hear it, that was one of the best interviews I think I've ever, I've ever been a part of. I don't want to say I've done it because Tyler just knocked it out of the park with his how smart he is, how intuitive he is, his education, the way he's able to talk about it, his experience. He, it was just a, a, an awesome interview, and I had to suggest you guys go back and listen to it. And, Dirk, I wish you would have came up because you'd have had some good questions for him, too.
0: (laughs) It's kind of tough to do an interview about a race when you don't see the race.
1: Yeah, that's probably very true. Top finishers, Tyler Drookie gets the win, followed by John Carney, who finished on the hook, but ended up finishing second. Jason Martin in third. Jason Danley in fourth. Luke Cranston in fifth. Dustin Stroop in sixth. Kevin Ramey in seventh. Sean pointer in eighth, Chad Wilson in ninth and Stu Snyder with the top five or top 10 finish. So that's the way the race Saber nationals wrapped up uh, Dirk. Let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk uh, some local news that we haven't had a chance to get to yet. And we'll talk uh, national news and get you set for Sunday's race coming up for NASCAR, but um, all right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back.
0: The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks, plus $4 luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95. And the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get too quick to steak and lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the
1: front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Saturday night's race at Richmond for the Federated Auto Parts Salute to American Heroes 400, which, by the way, will be going on on the anniversary of September 11th. It's going to be on the big screens at Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, I believe uh, no shocker here. Kyle Larson nabbed the pole. With Hamlin being second, Truex third, uh, Kurt Busch, then Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Brad Kizlowski, Ryan Blaney, Eric Amarola, and Christopher Bell are your top 10 qualifiers. Before we get to talking about what happened at Darlington and recapping some of the race, re, uh, race results there, let's talk about some of the local news that happened here in the uh, local area, and we got to start off with uh, scary news for uh, Cody Ledger Racing as he was injured in a race Monday night at Hewson Speedway. Still haven't exactly been able to put together what happened, but uh, talked with uh, somebody close to the situation, and they said that they were watching on, uh, on the stream, and all they saw was that Cody was somewhere around the 10th position, and all of a sudden when they kind of stopped with the victory lane interviews and did kind of a wide shot, you could see Cody's car sitting into turn three, and the ambulance was on the scene. Apparently, Cody was uh, complaining of a lot of pain. Um, I haven't heard if he hit the wall, if he hit another car, if I I just haven't heard anything of what happened. But uh, on Tuesday morning, team, the the Cody Ledger Racing kept giving updates on their situation. At 245, Cody was set for pre-op and uh, surgery was scheduled for three o'clock. They're still waiting, and Cody is in a lot of pain. But the nurses are doing a great job to keep him comfortable and giving him medicines every two hours. At 4:20, they took Cody back. Uh, excuse me. At 3:50, they took Cody back for pre-op surgery. Was going to take a couple of hours. At 8:21, they gave an update that said the screws are in, and they have to place the rods and close the incision. A lot of uh, imagining, a lot of imaging back and forth to make sure everything is placed correctly. Uh, could be a couple more hours, and then about 9:45, they said Cody is out of surgery, uh, going to post-op room for about an hour and a half. The surgery was very, the surgeon was very pleased with Cody's procedure and the results. They did not find an inc- they did find an incidental huh,
0: hairline a- fracture in C7.
1: Yes, I'm just struggling I'm with the way reading, that I sentence. <laughs> I know I'm just struggling with the way that sentence readed. <laughs>
0: way, way way it readed. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, another get,
1: step. you get what <laughs> I what I what I was trying to say.
0: I've listened they, to you enough. They, <laughs> <I get it. laughs>
1: you speak, Dan. <laughs> they did find a hairline fracture. You're absolutely right on on the C7 vertebrae, on the anterior side, which means towards the stomach. They do not do anything anterior about it. Side. What's that? Anterior side. Oh, it's A N T E R anterior.
0: You yeah. said arterial. Oh, anterior. Oh, I did.
1: Imagine that I, I mispronounced something. Well, that's uh, what I just explaining. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. That uh, means to
0: the center of the body.
1: They're going to put him into a special collar chest, a uh, chest collar for the first six weeks. And then for the rest of the four months, he'll be on a regular collar, no driving for the next four months. So it sounds like Cody Ledger's season has come to an end, but luckily it's coming to an end with the ability to be able to heal back up and, uh, and get back out there eventually. So,
0: well, with an injury like this, they're going to, They'll decide if he's going to race again after this four months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know that's that's not for certain yet. You know it's a serious injury when you have sur- uh, you know surgery in the you know upper part of your back into your neck area. That's that's big business there.
1: So more of an update at uh, nine forty five. Uh, that's the one I just read. Eleven fifty five Monday night. Cody was still in post op at 32 Tuesday morning. Cody got back to the room. At about 1230, and the first thing he said to Katrina, his girlfriend, and uh, his baby's mama, and to Susie was, you guys are a sight for sore eyes. He was getting a little frustrated in his post-op. He ate some ice cream, and his pain level is currently manageable. At uh, about 6 a.m., Cody ate some applesauce, and the nurses are able to manage his pain levels. He asked what day it is, and honestly, we kept thinking it's still Tuesday. Then uh, Tuesday afternoon... Um, he's been able to get out of bed pretty well. They're all very proud of him. And he said, he's feeling good and he'll be up and moving around. So good. To, sounds like good progress there so far, but, uh, scary little thing for, uh, for one of our local guys.
0: Yeah. i anytime they talk surgery after, you know, a, a car racing accident. Yeah. It's a scary deal because you know, that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. Your car's supposed to protect you. So whatever he had happened, normally that type of an injury comes from either a real hard slap into the wall sideways and it's you know a back and forth deal with your head left or right or compression deal similar to what uh i think uh, gunner pike had a year ago when the car came down real hard on the back tires straight down yeah okay you know but my guess you know because nobody's mentioned anything about a roll or anything like that my guess is he you know slapped it into the wall sideways real hard
1: and that's what caused the injuries That's my, and it's a guess.
0: It's speculation.
1: Well, you know, we'll have Cody on the show as soon as we can uh, to get you guys an update. But in the meantime, keep sending those thoughts and prayers out so he can get for, he can have a speedy recovery.
0: And if you need (laughs) a Cody Ledger t-shirt, you might as well go ahead and buy it now.
1: Yeah. Uh, We found out on uh, Tuesday afternoon that Ryan King officially announced that this last race saver nationals was going to be his final Uh, I'd heard rumors in the pits that he planned on um, uh, retiring after the Race Saver Nationals, selling off all of his equipment. And then uh, it was officially announced on uh, Tuesday that that was the plan. Unfortunately, he's not going to be able to sell off much of his equipment because it was uh, destroyed during the feature on Friday night. Uh, And that's a that's a tough one. I, you know, I always loved watching Ryan race. Uh, He was kind of one of those small budget guys that just had a lot of heart a lot of uh, gusto and, and uh, got really, really, really close uh, to, to kind of breaking out and having a great year. But uh, there would always be something that came in the way. But uh, I'll, I'll miss seeing the, uh, the 93 uh, racing around Eagle Raceway, but hopefully he's not a stranger out at the racetrack.
0: Yeah, I mean, if it's like most racers that retire, you might not see him for a year or two, but I'm sure he'll be back hanging around.
1: He may not have a, um, a sprint car. He may come back in a stock car. He may come back in um, hobby stock. Who knows? But uh, yeah, I, 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 hold, I don't hold my breath when any driver tells me they're going to retire, especially this next one that tried to tell me he's going to retire after this season. Uh, we talked with Adam Goley on Friday night as a part of the uh, Roland Race News and Front Stretch joint adventure uh, in the uh, VIP booth. We were, uh, we, well, we, between the three of us, we shined off a bottle of Sexton Irish whiskey. Um, but Adam came in the pits because, or came in the uh, the booth because he wanted to talk to us. He wanted to do an interview with the show and um, and make it a big announcement. He tried to tell me that he's going to retire. Well, he did tell me he's going to retire, but I don't believe it a bit. Um, <laughs> although I think that if you listen to that interview, um, Adam has, has always been a very polarizing figure. He's, you know, I kind of liken him a lot to the Kurt Bushes, Kyle Bushes. Uh, Brad Kozlowski's where those guys say some stuff and people get mad and they, you know, they, they criticize him. They, they attack him. They do all these different things, but uh, you always see guys like Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush. And you know, the guys that, that are in that group, they seem to weather it well. And Adam has weathered it for a long time, but he basically admitted he's sick and tired of all the negativity around the sport, around him. Uh, the things that people say, When he uh, gets into a wreck, the things that people say to his children, I mean, just some disgusting things that he's told me. I don't blame him that he wants to retire. I just still don't believe him that he's going to.
0: Well, I mean, he was talking about a lot of that when we had him on the show six weeks ago, maybe. Yeah. You know, when he talked about a lot of that stuff, you know, when people are starting to say stuff to his kids and stuff. And I I don't comprehend that. I don't either. You know, I don't either. who in their right mind especially if it's an adult is gonna go up and say something to a kid yeah what is wrong with you you know it just
1: it it he's i i obviously really like adam um uh, just his kind of aggressive personality brings on this stuff but there's got to be a line he and he's i think he said it either during that interview when we were talking to him he's got no people problem with people saying stuff to him but to to say it to his wife and to his kids is just that, unacceptable.
0: And that's because they don't have the balls to say it to him. <laughs> you know, that's what social media has done to people.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah and Adam dude, doesn't even have a Facebook page, but people still message death threats to his wife. They they just do some horrible things. It's just you know, disgusting.
0: You aren't my age. In my age, you had to go up to him and say it to him and you, you, you take the shot of getting punched in the nose. You know, right. that was the, you know, that was the retaliation. Nobody was going to pull a gun and shoot you. Yeah. But if you said something to the wrong person, you were gonna get you know punched in the nose. anymore. you know, somebody get these keyboard commandos and they just go crazy because they think they're hiding in mommy's basement. And it's all good. Yeah, you know, and it's just sad. It is so sad.
1: It really is. So I guess it's the world we all kind of live in, and we gotta learn how to deal with. But it'd be unfortunate to see if see Adam uh, left because the guy's got such a passion for the sport. Um, you could love him or hate him, but he's got a passion for the sport that we need. We need desperately. Just my thoughts on it, but um, yeah. So those are the two big uh, or three big news, news pieces. uh, Cody Ledger getting injured. Uh, We talked a little bit in turn one about uh, Tyler jerky, getting that win, such a great win for the local fans. They always talked about, you know, uh, it was always Texas. That was always so strong at the race saver nationals. And I think, I think I, and the Midwest, uh, the Eagle regulars, showed up and and really put on a great performance at the race Saber nationals uh what we had drukey martin danley um pointer and snyder all in the top 10 and that that might be the best
0: showing that the locals have had in one race
1: yeah that might be you're absolutely right i have to go back and look at some of the results but that that very well could
0: be a lot of locals have won you know but Mm -hmm. as far as a group you know half the cars in the top 10 I know one of the years there was like eight cars from Texas in the top 10. So,
1: yeah. Uh, All right. So anything else locally you could think of we need to talk about? And I know, uh, let's see. I do need, we do need to go back and talk about, um, there was a driver at Adams County Speedway uh, that was a regular at Adams County Speedway that passed away just recently, uh, drives the number 12G. Jeremy Ribby passed away Thursday uh, of last week so about a week ago drove the uh, 12 12 g hobby stock throughout the area they did a nice tri- i understand they did a nice tribute to him on saturday night when they were back in action so i did not see what he passed of if he was battling anything if it was sudden or what but just that uh, he passed away um so lost another one
0: yeah and this one doesn't sound like he was up there in age you know, like he was 60 years old or anything like that,
1: Uh, you know, judging by his picture, I would bet fifties. Yeah. So very, Um, very
0: well could have been a natural causes deal then.
1: Yeah. So uh, rest in peace, uh, Jeremy Ribby driver of the 12 G Godspeed. Sorry to hear that. And uh, I know the race community uh, in that area was, was very heartbroken to hear of his passing. All right. local or national news Uh, NASCAR wrapped up next gen testing at Daytona. Um, Again, the drivers that were involved on Tuesday and Wednesday, NASCAR and Goodyear held a next-gen test at Daytona International Speedway with eight cars driven by Chris Chris Busher, William Byron, Ch- Ross Chastain, Cole Custer, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Ray- and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Uh, we won't go through the notes, uh, just thoughts on it, but if you guys want to read it, it's over on Jayski. Um, I should go through and read that a little bit and see what the final test, what, what some of those guys said about how the car handled, especially super speedway racing. Yeah, I
0: mean, anybody that doesn't, that calls themselves a NASCAR fan and doesn't read some J-Ski at least once every couple of weeks is missing out.
1: Sure, I mean, absolutely. I mean, literally, if anybody's been following this show, I basically pull up J-Ski and just read through it because not only is it well-written, it's factually written. And I would, I can't honestly think of, a time that jayski had anything wrong
0: yeah i mean i think he's actually a little ahead of bob Pokras most of the time yeah and bob's stuff is always good too
1: yeah mm-hmm. I, I think so. it's him and bob Pokras are two of the of if they say it it's true <laughs> that's yeah. it, it you know th- there's a lot of people and and you and i are one of them that will talk about um the uh the the lack of being able to trust modern media and and not putting a spin on it or trying to generate ratings, Jayski and and Bob Pachris put it out there as it is. And that's as, that's as good as you can expect.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's going to be the most accurate information at that time.
1: Uh, Real quick, let's get the show wrapped up. We'll get people back to their days. We appreciate everybody hanging out and listening to the front stretch podcast. Do us a favor, make sure to like, and share. Got a couple of details to wrap up before we get to the uh, Darlington race results. Kyle Bush fined $50,000 for safety infraction <laughs> at Darlington. Um, honestly, Dirk, I kind of think he got off easy.
0: I was surprised that there wasn't more added to the penalty. Not necessarily, you know, make it $100,000, but something
1: points-wise, maybe. Yeah.
0: Because that, that was totally ignorant what he did.
1: That, and I haven't said that about Kyle Bush in a while. That was, I mean you get they they tried to explain it off in the replays that i saw of well that's just a driver that's frustrated there are red cones there for a reason they did Absolutely. not want drivers coming through that area and he decided to go hauling ass through that area and dear god how lucky he was that he didn't run somebody over he almost did it was too yeah. close for comfort as far as i if i was that guy or if i was kyle bush that was it, i mean it he was a couple of feet away from the car, but he was a couple of seconds away oh, from being run over.
0: It was less than a second from being run over. Not a couple of seconds. You know, Kyle was going fast enough. Yeah, there wasn't a couple yeah. seconds. It was it was damn near a catastrophe.
1: And again, this is one of those that I literally just smack my head and say, what the hell? There are people that are actually attacking NASCAR for this, saying that um, that they're trying to regulate the emotion out of the sport again um that they're just picking on Kyle uh, give him a break he had a bad race uh repeat those things except for the headline of Kyle Busch runs over uh crew member in the pits entering the wrong area that's the headline that it should have been or could have been but thankfully it wasn't and it just I, I like Kyle I love Kyle's driving style I think he's one of the best drivers that's been out there in a long time but he crossed the line again he's done this a couple of times in his career. But I think this was one of the clear cut cross the lines that he's had.
0: Yeah. Well, like you say, those cones made that a restricted area. That was not a spot to enter the garage. You know, it was bad enough that he did that, but doing it at three or four times the speed, he should have been going to even enter the garage is what makes it over the top. Yep. He'd have got a $10,000 fine if he would have gone through there at 10 mile an hour. Right. Because he wasn't supposed to go through there. He got a $50,000 fine because he went through there at 50 miles an hour
1: uh speaking yeah. of kyle he is in a little bit of a pickle after uh sunday night's race at at darlington i believe he's two points behind the cutoff uh let's see <clears throat> excuse me yeah he's two points behind the cutoff but he's he's in 14th tyler reddick is actually tied with alex bowman for 12th, 20 uh, 2026 points and uh a bowman clearly has the tiebreaker so bowman's got the final transfer spot right now but Kyle Bush sitting in 14th, two points behind uh, William Byron, who had a rough night and a hard accident, nine points behind in 15th. And then Michael McDowell, uh, very hard hit at Darlington uh, is 16th and 20 points behind. Uh, I fully expect Kyle Bush to be able to transfer, especially when you've got guys like Eric Amarola um, and Alex Bowman that are in front of him. I, I think Kyle Bush should be able to, top 10 top five those guys out of out of enough points to be able to get into the next round
0: oh yeah i i don't i'll be very surprised if he doesn't go ahead and make the next round but you know we were surprised when kyle larson didn't a couple years ago yeah you know if kyle bush goes out and you know has the same type of luck this week he's probably not going to advance he needs to you know just go ahead and race hard but he needs a probably a A top 10 in the in the first two stages which is going to be tough because he's going to be starting towards the back with that you know finish he had yeah you know uh but he he needs a solid race
1: at richmond he he's pretty good at richmond he should be able to to put together a solid race the risk at richmond is being involved in a in a uh in an accident uh, which can happen very quickly and claim a lot of cars
0: well, the risk at Richmond also is kind of like Bristol. When you're starting in the back on a, you know, a three-quarter mile track, you're not that far from being lapped when they throw the green flag. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. What, what they're usually in lap traffic in about ten or twelve, maybe, maybe thirteen was, laps. Yeah, I was gonna say twelve to fifteen
0: laps yeah. at Richmond. They'll they'll hit lap traffic.
1: So with Kyle Larson starting on the pole, he'll be in lap traffic in about seven.
0: Uh, Kyle's not <laughs> really great at Richmond. I, I wouldn't be surprised that Denny Hamlin's leading the charge there.
1: Yeah. You well, know. let's get through the, uh, the uh, Darlington results. Denny Hamlin ended up getting the win after Denny finished first in Stage 1, uh, fourth in Stage 2. Larson gets the uh, second-place finish after finishing second in Stage 1, first in Stage 2. Uh, then it was Ross Chastain. Good run for Ross. He was in the top 10 all day long. In that 42 car, ninth in stage one, third in stage stage two, and third on the day. Martin Truex Jr. finished fourth. Kevin Harvick finished fifth. Kurt Busch, Brad Kozlowski, Joey Logano, Chris Buescher, and then Austin Dillon rounded out your top 10. Bad days for the playoff contenders. There was actually quite a few playoff contenders outside of the top 20. In fact, I think I'm counting five, maybe six. Michael McDowell finished 37th. Kyle Busch finished 35th. William Byron finished 34th, Chase Elliott, 31st, Alex Bowman, 26th, um, Brian Blaney, 22nd, and outside the top 20, I guess I that wouldn't count Christopher Bell who finished 20th, but still not a good day for a playoff contender.
0: No, no, not at all. But the fact that there were so many of them back there just kind of yeah. levels the playing field a little bit.
1: There was uh, quite a few uh, rough accidents like I talked about, um, and then – uh, the only other highlight I watched, I watched the, or I listened to the radioactive and Martin Truex Jr. was supposed to come off as the race leader late in that race, but ended up having a uh, too fast exiting pit road penalty and had to uh, to come back through. I think he had to go to the tail end of the long, of the uh, lead lap cars uh, and uh, so, but he was still able to get up there and, and, and finish fourth. But he should have been one of the contenders for that win.
0: Yep, could have, would have, should have.
1: All right, uh, to come on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, uh, excuse me, Friday and Saturday at I-80 Speedway. It is the uh, Midwest Fall Brawl at I-80 Speedway. Things have been changing pretty quickly with this race as uh, they have been adding more incentives to the race and they have added new sanctioning bodies. Originally, it was going to be Friday, was going to be the all-local guys, and then Saturday was going to be the ASCS show, but they have adjusted it now to where ASCS is going to be a part of the uh, both nights, and it's going to be four thousand to win on Friday, Friday and Saturday. Again, it's the uh, Bobby Parker Memorial slash Midwest Fall Brawl weekend. Bobby Parker, obviously the father of uh, Dennis Parker, who used to run the uh, Nebraska 360 Sprint Series. Uh, oh, Dirk, get this purse. Uh, The Malvern Bank uh, or the ASCS four thousand to win, but it's a thousand to start. That's That's healthy. That yeah, I mean, typically when you would be at like four thousand to win, you'd probably be somewhere around four or five hundred to start. But a thousand to start will pull in some pretty good sprint cars.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, late in the year, anybody that's got any equipment left will be there.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm reading that flyer a little bit better now. It's four thousand to win both days. So 4,000 to win on Friday, 1,000 to start, and then Saturday is 4,000 to win. I don't see if there's a starting purse or if anything like that for Saturday, but um, Friday is going to include the uh, ASCS in Malvern Bank 360 Sprint Cars, NASCAR-sanctioned Super Light Models. This is not a Malvern Bank Super Light Model race. And the Good Old Time Racing Association, that's going to be on Friday. And then on Saturday, it's going to be ASCS Sprint Cars, Again, NASCAR Super Late Models and the Midwest Classic Stock Car Association. Three classes, two nights. Uh, General admission tickets uh, looks like 22 for adults, 5 for kids, 6 to 12. Kids 5 and under get in for free. So big race coming up at I-80 Speedway for the Sprint Cars. Again, that's this Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, we've got the uh, – excuse me, Saturday night is the race at Richmond. Richmond. And that race is at uh six 30 central time stage breaks at eight lap 80 two thirty five and 400. It's a four hundred mile race. It'll be broadcast on NBCSN MRN and Sirius XM.
0: Did you say the race ends at 400 laps? Yeah. Well, that's not a 400 mile race. It's a three quarter mile track. So it'll be 300 miles, 400 laps.
1: That's odd. Yeah. Cause it's a little under, so it should, yeah, that's odd. I wonder if, uh, that's really odd that we're talking about that. And we've got an issue on, or we've got a thing on Jayski. Oh, Hey, uh, by the way, this uh, Friday and Saturday is the, uh, NASCAR super light model track championship. Jake Neal has a two point advantage over Ben Schaller, 10 point advantage over Bill Layton, 36 over Troy Daly and 42 over Brad Purdue. That's going to be a fun one to watch over those two nights as, uh, those two guys go at it for the uh, track championship at uh, I 80 speedway for the nascar super late models anything uh anything else we need to cover
0: uh not right off top of the head i mean we got uh uh lucas oil at knoxville a week from saturday yep um i'm wondering i i mean i'm seriously wondering with the way the pandemic's picking back up if kansas speedway is going to have fans or have to send all that money back
1: yeah i i I I went
0: down right the road on the south side of the uh, the racetrack, state line. Yeah. I was three miles east of the track last Friday, picking up a car at a dealership and uh, they're back wearing masks.
1: Yeah. See, my gut feeling is that fans will be allowed to be in the grandstands. They'll probably, if, if anything, they'll be at like 60% capacity, but they'll have fans in the grandstands, but I don't think anybody's going to get access to the drivers. I think all that stuff's been restricted already, right? from what
0: i understand yeah from what i was told somebody that's got more power than we got or more pull i should Mm say uh engineer from chevrolet shane mark and that's what he told me that was already put back in place which means if you and i are going to be there we're probably going to be in the press box
1: yeah and have no access to drivers so we would just go down there to have fun which i i wouldn't have i wouldn't be opposed to that that sunday just go down and watch the race and kind of relax down there but so I'm going to go all the way down there. I want to do some damn interviews. Well,
0: if you <laughs> want to have
1: some fun, I mean, <laughs> no, just stop there.
0: <laughs> no, you could make me drink a few beers and interview me.
1: <laughs> That's what I might have to do.
0: <laughs> well, if anything, we could probably get a hold of David Starr. I mean, we know him well enough that we could probably get a hold of him to talk to him for a little bit. Yeah. And uh, over there at the yard house, he likes that place. And, uh, uh hell we can interview some of our fans
1: that'd be a have change a fan,
0: fan appreciation show
1: hey there we go that's an idea Do we have those we Who haven't had one yet no we have a couple of fans right <laughs>
0: oh. well if they all got their check we've got several
1: true very well true i I'm, I'm i don't know if i got mailed out or not crap <laughs> if, if you're a fan of the show and you haven't gotten your check yet uh just let me know i'll get it in the mail <laughs> yeah
0: we had enough to write the checks. We didn't have any money for postage. Left over. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think I'm still trying to get uh, some prices out to some people from the contest last year. But um, anyway, sorry. Right, I think that's going to do it for us today. Once again, the Midwest Fall Brawl at IED Speedway on Friday and Saturday. And then Saturday night is the race at Richmond for NASCAR. Uh, Boone Super Nationals going on. Uh, we really don't cover that very much. There's enough stuff going on around there. And I don't have the energy to go over there after the uh, race saver nationals. I'm, I'm still beating. It's Thursday. Wait, it's Wednesday. I,
0: I've never gone. And the only reason I've never gone is because there's always some issue last year. It rains so much, but there's, it seems like every year there's one or two nights a week. They're racing until four in the morning. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just too old for that. Sorry, folks.
1: Yeah. I don't blame you one bit. It, it looks like this year, the weather's going to be pretty dang nice. Warm during yeah, the day, think, cool at night. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think uh rain's gonna
0: be an issue this year. Yeah, but there'll still be some nights that they run real late.
1: Yeah, I mean there's just a ton of cars that go to that, so it, it's not surprising. We'll try to get somebody on the show in the next couple of weeks to maybe recap all the action and, and talk to some of the guys that got big wins, especially guys from this area that got wins over there. Uh, I do have Bob Simon on the schedule for next week to uh, get us set for the tiny Lund at Shelby County Speedway, which is coming up. uh, I believe that was the 24th and 25th um, of, uh, of September. The week week
0: after Knoxville.
1: Right. So we'll get, uh, we'll get Bob on the show to get you guys all set for that. Plus he wants to talk about the uh, track champions at uh, Shelby County Speedway. And of course we'll, we love having people on for that. So we'll absolutely do that.
0: Yeah. We got a couple of locals got titles up there.
1: So. All right, uh, that's going to do it for us today. Get your picks in on time. Oh, I do need to do a little bit of uh, shelf selfless plugging. Uh, if you guys could possibly go to my uh, my page, I've been sharing it like crazy. I'm doing that uh, the Alzheimer's Walk fundraiser again, and uh, I've been putting a lot of money towards it. Just you know, if I sell a computer or do a repair on tailored computers, then I'll, I'll put I'll, I'll donate some of the funds to that. If I sell some pic- pickles or jalapenos or Whatever, I'll I'll put money towards that. But uh, right now I'm sitting at $716 and I want to get that $2,500 mark. This year is my year to do it. I'm off to a great start, but I need your guys' help. If you can donate to five bucks, a dollar, $10, whatever, uh, donate what you can, get me to that challenge. And I'm doing the same thing that I was doing uh, the last two years. If I get to that $2,500 mark, then I will do the triple atomic challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, and that is the hottest sauce that they have available, uh, so it's gonna be painful. Uh, Dirk is gonna be sitting there right next to me, making fun of me, uh, feeding me milk uh, with the fire so, extinguisher. But, yes, with the fire <laughs> extinguisher, uh, he's gonna be helping me to my truck after afterwards because I'm I'm sure I'm gonna need some help. Uh, but please, please donate. I'm i uh, $716 raised so far. I want to get to $2,500. It would mean so much to me if, if we could get to that $2,500 mark and give some really good money to the Alzheimer's Association. I know I talked to a lot of people that are dealing with it, have dealt with it, have people that are involved in it uh, that have got it, that it, it. Not just the people who are diagnosed with it, but the what they call the caregiver, caregivers, the loved ones that are left taking care of this person that slowly slips away. Uh, it's a terrible, terrible disease. And I want you guys to help me out. Please donate $5, $10, whatever you can Uh, I would uh, greatly, greatly appreciate it. And you can find that link on my personal Facebook page as well as the Fred Stretches Facebook page. So please go donate whatever you can. Like I said, a lot of people are donating 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. That means so much to me. But even the people that donate five bucks, that means a lot because it just, it's those little baby steps that are going to get us there. And I got to get this raised by October 14th.
0: How long is the
1: walk? How long away is the walk or how long is the walk? How long is the walk? I I think it's only like a mile okay so it's a short walk yeah uh Uh, you need to
0: to make yourself up some type of a pledge sheet you know and uh, and go that way that's why i was hoping it would be a longer walk you know like three miles or something because then you could have them pledge five dollars a mile or something like that you know and uh that's how a lot of this stuff in the past has always been done but you know that's again for longer things and you donate you know or something that that's more repetition you know that there might be a hundred laps type thing on a walking track those relays for life and stuff like that that they do
1: yeah this one is uh, it's a very it's it's more of just kind of a uh, it's a very leisurely walk uh there i think there might be a two mile option uh sarah who obviously her mom is is her grandma is battling Alzheimer's right now. So it's a very special cause for Sarah and I, and, and we always get Piper all dressed up and, and take her out. And she's always the, you know, the class of the field with being so rambunctious and, and happy and, and uh, and just making everybody smile. And, and uh, it's a very animal friendly walk. So um, you guys
0: ought to leash up your chickens and throw a few. Uh, I, I'm not kidding. Don't she,
1: she gets she, people send her, these pictures of people walking their chickens every single week, every week we get these pictures and I I can't handle it. I can't, if we, if we don't please let's not mention it to her. I think she's forgotten it. I can't, I just, I I can't be the guy walking at the Alzheimer's walk with a chicken or a duck. I can't do it. (laughs) I draw the line at my dog. All right. so once again, uh, please uh, donate to the Alzheimer's Association, you can find the link on the Fred Stretch Facebook page, Uh, it's going to be at the top of the page for quite a while. $716 got quite a ways to go, but I want to get to that $2,500 goal so I can shoot that live video of me eating the triple atomic challenge. And by the way, uh, the triple atomic challenge comes with six wings, I'm going to eat them all, regardless of what it does to me, I will eat them all if you guys help me raise $2,500. For every $250 I raise after that, I will eat another triple atomic wing to a certain point. I mean, I think I can only eat like 10 or 12 wings at Quaker Steak and Lou. But I if you literally, if you guys raise it, I will put myself through hell. If if I can if I gotta eat 15, if I can eat 20 triple atomic wings, I'll do it. I will if I gotta go to the hospital, I don't care. I'll do it for the Alzheimer's Association.
0: You're a braver man than I.
1: Well, I don't know if it's brave or dumb. No, I do. It's dumb. <laughs>
0: Yeah, well, as long as you got the whoopee cushion, bought, you'll be in
1: good shape. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us on this show. Big, big thank you to everybody who, who tuned in and, and listened to it. Uh, make sure you like and share the Front Stretch Facebook page. I talked a little bit about it. If those of you that that aren't regular uh, followers, subscribers of the Front Stretch, uh, over the weekend, the Race Saver Nationals weekend, I sat down with James Roland, who is a Roland Race mm-hmm. News. And we kind of did a joint effort together where we interviewed Adam Golian on Friday, Joey Danley on Saturday, and then Tyler Drukey on Sunday. Those are three great interviews. Uh, we had a lot of fun with them. They were a little more candid than, than, than is normal. But uh, we just kind of had some real fun with it. And um, I highly suggest you guys go back and listen to it. Like and share those up. It's the only way we're going to continue to grow. And uh, make sure to take care of Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs. Uh, Rick Havenridge. Uh, find out what Rick can do for you to do. RickHavenridgeAdvice.com tailored computers just email Repair at gmail.com if you need anything computer related whether it's cutting the cord or buying a new laptop just give me a call today be glad to take care of you 402-659-5641 and then don't forget about quaker steak and lube our good friends down in council Bluffs, best wing joint in town make sure you guys uh, uh, like up and share the front stretch facebook page and listen to the podcast every week when we put it out for dark houston i'm dan taylor and this has been the front stretch presented by Joe's carting thanks a lot for listening